about time you showed up. What are you doing here? This place is supposed to be closed. Closed? <laughs> Never. Let's just say we're the uh, night shift. Hot apple pie a la mode with a two cola chaser. That's my favorite. How'd you know that? We know. We know. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. Hi, blowholes. It's Melissa, your favorite guest. <laughs> yeah, did you ask someone? Or? Um, I took my own poll. <laughs> Off the charts. Alex. Yeah. Sandy. Uh, Max voted. Max, yeah. Uh, this is episode 98, the one some of you may have been waiting for. Uh, <laughs> um, Dead Man's Float versus Dream Girl. You'll be defending. I'm on. The Tale of the Dream Girl. And I'm defending. Tale of the Dead Man's Float. As was the case on Perfect Date Night. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes. This is our fourth versus uh, for Are You Afraid of the Dark? We've done Laughing in the Dark versus Crimson Clown. We've done Full Moon versus Nightly Neighbors. Uh, Max and Melissa did Vacant Lot versus. Um. Why can't you remember? Dark Dragon. Dark Dragon, yeah. thank you. Just poorly named. Um, <laughs> and so here we are at Dead Man's Float Dream Girl. Two kind of yeah. iconic episodes. Yes. Oh, Two very good ones. I one think. of them is, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the episodes are an interesting pairing because I think they're both well-liked, but appeal yeah. to a... Like, I think both episodes would appeal to a different sort of Are You Afraid of the Dark fan. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they're very different. I mean, they're both really good episodes, I think. They're just good in different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I figured before we started the debate, um, there is some Are You Afraid of the Dark news that came out like two months ago that we never talked about, <laughs> which is uh, they hired a director for the Are You Afraid of the Dark movie that's supposed to be out uh, this year, I think. Uh, and his name is DJ Caruso. Um, interesting, another DJ. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not familiar with DJ Caruso, I'd say his claim to fame is, uh, a couple movies about 10, 11 years ago with Shia LaBeouf, or LaBeouf, whatever, uh, <laughs> Disturbia, yep. and Eagle Eye, uh, he mm-hmm. made those back-to-back with Shia, Shia? Shia, I think? Yeah. His muse. His, <laughs> I guess so. He made a movie with Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey called Two for the Money, um, he, he worked on Smallville for a little bit. He was a TV director for a little bit. So, I mean, he got his start pretty much back with Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's been just kind of working on stuff on and off since then. And do you guys like Disturbia? I, I've seen it once, and I don't know. I like Rear Window. Yeah. So I was maybe I was a little bitter. I just thought this is such a ripoff. Oh, okay. So I wasn't the biggest fan. Okay. But I saw it. Yeah, I, I felt pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. That it was a totally 
acceptable, non-offensive movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He he also, I should say, did uh, Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Wait a second. (laughs) Does that that change everything? (laughs) Never saw it. Uh, and he's also, after Are You Afraid of the Dark, rumored to be the uh, director for the next G.I. Joe movie. Mm. Um, so, okay. yeah, kind of an interesting pick. I'm not sure how many yeah. directors would have been clamoring to get their hands on yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark. Sure. So, Well, I think Disturbia was good enough that I... <laughs> um, oh, yeah, uh, you didn't get to say how optimistic. you felt about Disturbia. I like it. You're a fan. Yeah, oh. I like it all right. I mean, I've seen it a couple times, probably. Okay. It's good. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, so this, as we said, came up on date night. And so we do have a new category this time around. Uh, Do you want to go over the five categories you and Melissa will be debating? Yeah, we're talking story, characters, midnight society, scariness, and... Like, how good it is for date night. That's right. How good of a date night episode we're talking about. Yeah. Special category for this versus. (laughs) So we tossed the um, supporting characters category in favor of date night, which um, I'm excited for. (laughs) Supporting characters just aren't that fun to talk about, really. In this episode, they are. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I'll be judging. First time I'm judging. But I did note, I mean, there are some good supporting characters in both episodes. Um, but, uh, do you guys want to give it a, a go? Sure. Let's do it. Gonna put it to the test. Gonna put it to the test. Who is right and who is wrong? Gonna try it all. Well, I'll just give a, uh, short little summary of my, I figure we'll start with story. Start with story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's a short little summary of this episode in case you haven't seen it in a while Uh, Johnny and his sister Erica work at a bowling alley as a repairman and a waitress as they're closing up Johnny finds a ring in his locker and puts it on but it gets stuck and he can't get it off he starts to see visions of a beautiful girl but there's something strange about her Erica tells him that the girl he's been seeing Donna was killed in a car accident Johnny isn't sure why he keeps seeing Donna but he feels a strange attraction to her Johnny thinks maybe she wants her ring back, and he and Erica go out to the cemetery to deliver it. He just happens to stumble over Donna's grave, and Erica tells him the truth. Donna was his girlfriend, and Johnny died with her in that car. Erica tries to convince Johnny to stay, but he finally reunites with Donna, and they step away into the fog. So, so he was the dead. Uh, he Donna was dead, mm-hmm. but no. So was he. So that was, was the so twist. was Johnny, <laughs> yeah. Which <clears throat> is a good twist. Uh, it's a for, great twist for a kid show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Good, um, s- good synopsis. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I think uh, I really love this story. Um, I think it's scary. Got a great ax- atmosphere. It was well executed, and it's really well paced. Um, I didn't think there was like any moment in the episode that, uh, for me, felt slow or like. Got me out of the story. Um, there's a lot of attention to detail in this one, um, and including like a lot of clues to the twist um, that mm-hmm. seem obvious after the fact. But while you're watching it, they don't like explicitly explain um, the ending. You know, before it happens. Um, I think that was really good. Uh, 
one of the attention to details that I just want to note was um, the boss not knowing Johnny's ghost is keeping the place running. Give me a cola, would you, Erica? Man, I am living a charmed life. Really? Why? Just closed out another month without having to hire another maintenance guy. We haven't had a breakdown in four months. The longer I hold off hiring somebody, the better my books look, the better I look. Life is sweet. Like, it's just one of those little things that fleshes out the episode, like, beyond what's on the screen. Um, I think uh, it succeeded in making a scary love story um, by twisting this kind of, like, familiar trope of the, like, dead lover coming back. Um, and just did it in a, at the time, a new, different way. Um <laughs> And I think this episode, like, more than any, uh, feels like it could be a Twilight Zone episode. Like, it's good enough to where I could imagine it being on that show. Um, so I think it's a great one. I have a question. Yeah. Looking back, do you think it might have been incredibly insensitive for the boss to just talk about how great it is that he doesn't need to hire a new maintenance guy and he's loving it i, I yeah i love I thought that. that was not very nice the sister's right there it's Her brother not is but dead. i love that moment because it's like it's one of these moments that when you watch it after knowing what happens it's like you see all the that pieces she come knows. together yeah yeah um, I just think it's just kind of a cool, nice. like, subtle thing, I mean, I think. but to Melissa's point, I did think it was a little insensitive. I mean, like, she's definitely, a teenage girl, definitely. her brother has died, but, and he's I like, mean, boy, it's great, I don't have to pay this expense. Right. Yeah. So that part, <laughs> I, think I don't think you would really think, think that he's dead. I think that that makes his character really realistic. Like, this jerk boss that just mm. doesn't care about what's going on with his employees, and That's it's just, true. like, in his own world. I'll agree with that. Anything else you liked about it? Um, that's all I have to say for now. For now, good, okay. Um, <laughs> Melissa, would you share a synopsis of uh, Dead Man's Float and maybe some things you enjoyed about it? Well, I took a picture of the synopsis that's on the DVD, the Are You Afraid of the Dark DVD. Mm, sure, that works. So that's what I'm going to read. <laughs> Zeke is great in science class, but he's hung up about one thing. He doesn't know how to swim. Determined to learn, he convinces his pretty classmate Clarice to give him swimming lessons in the high school pool, but a long-forgotten ghost resurfaces to claim the pool as its own. It takes all of Zeke's scientific skill to save Clarice and lay the ghost to rest once and for all. This is pretty accurate now that I'm reading it, but yeah. there's... <laughs> is that the first time you read it? <laughs> well, a lot of it's... I, I think there's a lot of points missing. Like the pool was abandoned, yeah. and well, I can can I read my own synopsis now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so the show starts in 1954. We're back in time. It's that's always appealing, in my opinion. You know, to start start in the past, pretty intriguing. Okay. And there is a couple. One is the lifeguard, and he's kind of making out with this girl, and the girl's brother is in the pool. And, you know, he, he doesn't care, he just wants to get You have a lifeguard. Shouldn't you be guarding my brother's life? You want me to leave? Not really. 
So the boy is taken under by some unseen ghost or force, what have you, and he drowns, and the pool is closed, and it has been closed ever since. I'm not doing a very good job, but it's been closed ever since. So now cut to present day science class. Zeke is a pretty geeky boy, um, you know, he's, he's a cute, cute little geek. And Clarice is on the swim team. She's a pretty cool girl, and she's not interested in Zeke at all. Um, but anyway, like the thing said, Zeke is Zeke needs to learn how to swim, and Clarice needs to be better at science class. But he shows her the pool that he found while he was trying to calculate the volume of the school, <laughs> yeah. as one does for, for, for science class. If this is your big surprise, I've seen it already. Watch this. What are you doing? Last week, I was trying to calculate the volume of the school. Found out there's more to this building than meets the eye. So he takes her there and she loves it because now she doesn't have to drive an hour away for swim practice. She gets the school to reopen the pool, which is great. But we see that whatever took that boy so many years ago is back. And it wants to take everybody down. And... So anyway, as they're hanging out in the pool, they both discover that this monster is in there and they need to figure out how to kill him, right? And the janitor saves them when it pulls them under and the janitor, dun dun dun, is the lifeguard from 1954. Charlie is his name. It's back. Or maybe it never left. What's back? I was the lifeguard. When this pool first opened, my girlfriend's little brother drowned on my watch, but it was no accident. I tried to save him, but it wouldn't let me. It pulled him away from me, and then, then he was gone. So Charlie and these two kids are trying to beat this monster. Right. And you know what? Damn it, they do. <laughs> they beat it. They put manganite. I actually looked this up. Manganite mm -hmm. in the water to um, kill it, and it kills it. Because he's acid. Yeah. Monster, yeah. Yeah, which I didn't really understand. I'll say that much. <laughs> yes, yeah, monster, really know yeah. That, <laughs> I don't really know where that comes Invisible from. Invisible acid monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they kill him, and then they're an item in the end. So what did you like about your episode? I love that it is... We start back in time, and then in the end, it all comes full circle with Charlie being the lifeguard, and they save everybody in the future. We've got swimming and water, which is a common fear for a lot of people. We've got an invisible ghost. Nothing is more terrifying than an invisible ghost. The boy and girl that don't have much in common agree to help each other out. That's pretty sweet. We all love a story like that. Um, and it's terrifying and it's scary. It's one of the scariest monsters. I think the scariest monster. Maybe the Ghastly Grinner beats him mm -hmm. for me. But probably mm. second scariest monster <laughs> in all of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Oh, wow. It's scary. Keeps you on the edge of your seat. We got a sweet old man trying to save some kids. <laughs> Charlie. And, yeah, Charlie. Yeah. He's uh, still, well, maybe he's not that old. 60? Pretty, yeah, yeah. 60s, maybe. Um... 
Any problems you had with, I mean, the story for Dead Man's Float? Yeah, I got some problems. Good. All right. Let's hear him. But I just want to note that I noticed you said a cool girl. She's a cool girl. Yeah. I, like, that must be your own take, though. Like, well, I didn't get the impression from the episode. Stereotypically, like she like she's a... cool because she's like, I know what fun is. She tells him, mm. I know what fun is. Don't you tell me yeah. what fun is. She's on the swim team. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just noting She's it. atypical. She's pretty. <laughs> Yeah, he, he does ask her to hang out, and she's like, don't push your luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, well, yeah, I had some problems with this one. Um, <laughs> the first Good. thing is that the plot, um, like the beginning of the plot, is basically a ripoff of uh, Jason's origin, kind of, in Friday the 13th, uh, except Can you this elaborate? makes even less sense. Jason was, like, drowned as a kid as the lifeguards were off like mm. fooling around and not paying attention to him you know so it's kind of like a basically that same setup you think that's the only movie where somebody drowns well it's the same exact kind of setup where they are fooling around like not watching what's going on and a kid gets mm. drowned okay. and a monster's involved you know mm. it's a similar thing i think um the Oh, it, it features the uh, move the cemetery without moving the bodies gimmick. Yeah. Okay, you that? that is like great. A, That's amazing. I like it in Poltergeist, but, yeah. you know, it's been done Wait, many what? times. What? The moving the cemetery, oh. but you don't move the bodies. Okay. Um, I love it. That is so creepy and so scary, and you don't even see it coming. Okay. When you hear okay. that that's the reason for him being there, you're like, oh, man, this is... It's just they're a, in a real it's pickle. It's just something that's been done a million times, you know? It's the classic, like, explanation for this ghost being there, but it you doesn't make any sense. You have a guy that likes some girl that's in his dreams and she's a ghost? That seems more plausible than this. <laughs> than this uh, acid creature coming out of I'm not talking about plausibility. <laughs> I'm well, just talking you... about the... The story, reusing the, of the mm -hmm. story. I well, think when this th came if, out, this proves that it's a great formula and that it proves to be very scary. Mm, maybe, maybe. Um, well, Ever I got some seen other Jaws? <laughs> Can we talk about these film angles we've got and the music as he's approaching the surface? It's scary, and I didn't I think. Am I watching Jaws? I thought this is so scary. They got this right. Okay, okay. Well, how about how does uh, Greta sneak up on them in the pool? Another, like, I did plot that. hole. See, that wasn't so bad. Now try... Clarice! Clarice! What happened? <laughs> Not funny, Greta! I thought you didn't like puppies. He's helping me with chemistry. Yeah, right. I you did. want to talk like about plot holes? I, I have a whole list. <laughs> I can uh, <laughs> for yours. I did. I wrote, "How was Greta underwater?" So long? <laughs> <laughs> just suddenly appeared. Like even if she waded in, somehow made no and noise, then, yeah. slipping into you the know, pool. She would have died. Um, no one on the entire swim team notices this monster. Also, the whole swim team is using the pool at one point, mm -hmm. and they all smelled the acid. Like, so, they smelled the acid. Yes, but they're going through, like, their practice or whatever, and none of them notice the monster. Like, he doesn't grab any of them through that whole time. There's, oh. like, ten of them in the pool at once. It's just odd. I'm just saying. It's, like, a weird... <laughs> He's picking and choosing his victims. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, Jaws didn't come to shore every single day looking for people to eat. Yes, but he's in a pool. It's like not that big. Later in the episode, the janitor is just like out of commission, kind of vaguely. Like there's no he's explanation for what's okay. He's in shock. Yes. All right. Um, but then he recovers just in time to save the day. Yeah. Who would have guessed? He, his whole sole purpose for being in the episode is to save the day. Like, yeah. miraculously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Why is that so implausible? It's There's just... an acid ghost in the water. There's just not much more to him than being there just for that moment of the episode, I feel like. Um, I agree to disagree. I also don't love the kind of, like science will save the day uh, message in this episode. Okay, I mean, you want to okay, talk about message? Just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, Well, your, your person leaves his sister, his sister who loves him so much, for a girl. And how old are they? I can't even tell 16. you anybody had a crush on at 16 years old. Um, I wasn't... He well, they is were not... Living, they were living a different life. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean... They did know each other when they were 16 years old or whatever. And yeah, but that's not, that's not true love. What At do you 16? Mean? We well, don't even know. They was. could have been 15. Well, probably 16 because they were driving a Especially car. because they were stuck as ghosts in that final, like, part of their life. So they were kind of stuck there. Well, he wasn't presumably. as, I mean, she was, I mean, can we, why was she late? Why was Erica late coming to the bowling alley? What could she have possibly had going on that she she was late in meeting him? How long have you uh, been dead? Four months? Is Because, right, isn't that oh, what yeah, the guy says? Months, it's been four months yeah. since he had to pay someone. Oh. So so why the four-month gap? Yeah. Of what? I'm not, Donna. Sure. I'm not sure exactly what you're... Why was Donna... Well, that's a good question, actually. That's not what I was getting at. But my, my that is curious. <laughs> what took four months for her to come back for him? I think it was just, like, his openness to what was going on. Like, he was so stuck in that real world for that for that first four months. Like, he was so in denial of what had happened. Hadn't let go. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, when she asked to meet him at the bowling alley and she sent him that letter in the mail that the mom had dropped on the f- mm-hmm. floor, so she, she wrote Carrie. a letter and sent it in the mail, she's able to do that as a ghost? Roses are red, violets are blue. You know I'll never stop thinking of you, of Donna Maitland. Where'd you get this? It's the girl. It's a girl for my dreams. Meet me tonight, midnight. I'll be at the Bolorama snack bar. That's after closing. You gonna go? I don't know. I mean, I guess I should, but... Man, I have a really weird feeling about this. Well... Uh, we see that he's able to, like, move things as a ghost, too. You know? Like, when he sits on the couch, he kind of, like, sits on her stuff and moves it. So, I, you know, these ghosts can mm-hmm. affect the real world. Then you would think that the mother would ask the daughter well, who she's talking to and all the time. Um, I think she keeps it, tries to keep it quiet. Like, if you pay attention, she's not really talking to him when she, when the mom's in the room. I mean, she's talking That's loud a very enough. Good po- no, part no. of this episode is like how well they managed that, um, like the sister just talking when nobody else is around, and like her reactions to 
I'd like to do some sort of forensic reenactment <laughs> with the way how loud she was speaking and how far away the mom probably would have been walking. I know it. She yeah. would have heard her speaking to him. Maybe. Did you try soap? I tried everything except cutting my finger off. Bedtime. School tomorrow. Come on, Mom. I've still got it. Erica, please. Don't argue. It's late. Hey, Mom. Jeez, what's the matter with her? Oh, she's got a lot on her mind. Yeah, I guess so. She would have. I'm telling you, she was speaking loud enough. You could hear somebody talking in the next room. Yeah, I. W- I would say though, it seemed like the mom was also going through some stuff. Like, yes, she well, definitely. Yeah. She seemed pretty like zoned out. Like when she came down to talk to her, it was almost mm-hmm. like zombie. Like when she walked away, she's yes. grieving. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, grieving. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, what else? What else did you? Anything else? Well, in that letter, mm-hmm. she tells him to meet him at the meet her at the bowling alley. So he gets there and he's waiting. Who are these night shift people? Are they ghosts? And why are they dressed from different time periods? Why are they there at the bowling alley? Because they're other, like, stuck souls in this place. And, you know, they can only appear, whatever. For, it's like a ghost rule. You can only appear at night or whatever. Uh, well, Donna doesn't only appear at night. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Okay. Okay. And why was she late? She was late meeting him. What was what was going on? Was she late? Yes. Well, he was sitting there, there waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And she said, sorry, I'm late. She was late. Well, you don't know what ghosts are doing in the afterlife. <laughs> like, how they get here and what it takes to get back to well, the real world. Well, if it's so important to, you know, take him with her. She's doing the best she can. And can we she talk about... <laughs> I I didn't like the dancing thing where the loud saxophone music while they're slow dancing. It's um, very labyrinth to that me. That saxophone, very, I think, is only at the end, not no, during the No, there's some scene. sort of awful music playing while they're slow dancing right there in the diner area of the bowling alley. I think it's like an old And they're just like going in a circle. Kind of She's talking to him. Who are you? How do you know me? You must know. You're wearing my ring. It is, but I found. It's almost time to go. I want you to come with me. Where? You just got here. But it's almost time. Better hurry. (sighs) Oh, it's too late. Too too late? I'll wait for you, Johnny. I didn't like that part in Labyrinth either. Um, I liked that whole scene. Uh, that whole well, nighttime diner scene. So I do have some questions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I kind of understand where you guys are coming from. But uh, just try to keep it simple here. I'd like a simple answer that would be favorable to my judging. Uh, for both of you, just on your own respective episode, mm-hmm. what do you think is the best moment? The single moment you would define from your story as the moment. Yeah, tough one. That says a lot. I don't hear you coming up. Oh, I'm ready. I was waiting for you, but you can't think of a good moment from your your episode. I'm just trying to pick one of the many. Oh, right. (laughs) Okay, so... Okay, mine, easily, when they dump that, um, that chemical in the water, that orange... Oh, forget what it's really? called. So they are able to see him. The anticipation as you see that 
creature in the water start to turn uh, into a color and he's coming to the surface and you don't know what he's gonna look like when he comes out of the water that was the best moment very good okay yeah thank you oh sorry no perfect <laughs> thank you well i think that what beats that I have to go with the final moment of this episode in which, or like the climactic moment in which Johnny finds out that he's really dead. You remember what happened. The car stalled on the tracks, right? And then Donna got out, but she forgot her ring. Her school ring and went running back for it. Donna! It's me, isn't it? I'm afraid so. And that means I'm... Why don't you just tell me? Because you didn't remember! You just came back from the accident and acted as if nothing had happened. Johnny, I was the only one who could see you. And for some really weird reason, you didn't remember the accident. You didn't even know you were dead. I mean, the first time that you saw this, this was mind-blowing. And nothing in the, like, there's no way as a kid that you were going to guess that that was what happened by the clues that had come before that. It was just, it was enough to spawn uh, one of the most uh, well-regarded movies ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and last question, if you had to boil it down, um, what's at stake in your episode? What do you think is like the big thing, The what is the story trying to show is at stake? Like what is, what what is it that, we as a viewer are supposed to believe is in the balance. Why should we care? Okay, for me, I'll say that we've got two kids that couldn't be more different. And they grow closer and they have a problem that they solve together. They sacrifice each other for the other. And I think that that's what it's about is giving other people a chance that may be different from you and, uh, you know, saving people. Okay. I think that what my episode is about, really, is um, the relationships between Johnny and his sister and Johnny and uh, Donna um, and the kind of powerful bonds that uh, love creates and kind of like what's in the balance. In this episode it's life and death and hmm. if love can transcend that uh, transition or what happens. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna end it there because we've like yeah, done yeah, 20 minutes good. on story. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, no, no. Very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. Just just, just leave me alone. Uh, I'd like us to move on to characters. Um, so maybe, Melissa, you can start. Okay, my characters. First, we got Zeke Matthews. He's a nerd and a geeky guy. He has a crush on Clarice. He's smart. He's innocent. 
he jumps in the water to distract the ghost and save Clarice. And he faces his biggest fear by jumping in the water to save her. And I think he's a pretty heroic guy. Okay. And he won the girl in the end. You know, he showed us all that it doesn't matter if you're the nerdy, geeky guy in school. <laughs> if you really like science, you can still have it all. Okay. And then we also got Clarice, who's the other character here. She is kind of a tough cookie at first. Not Maybe not the nicest girl, but she opens up and she, you know, sees beyond... I don't know, social status, and falls for somebody because she sees them really for who they are. And she's the one that really kills the ghost at the end, so she's a badass. Hmm. That's what I have to You're say. Finished. Okay. And Charlie's awesome, but I'd say he's a supporting character. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, he's better you than your supporting you character. Want. Oh, I hate to disagree. But. Yours has like. She just says Johnny the whole time. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> I mean, mine's a little more fleshed out. Do you want me to rip apart Melissa's characters first, or do you want to play here? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, well, the problems I have with your characters are the main characters, it's really mostly their cringy interactions with each other throughout the episode. What do you find so cringy? Especially, particularly mm. the very end of the episode when they're laying in that boat. Really? And she's turning the book around for him. It's just the whole thing is very you weird. You know what's weird is when I was young, I remember thinking, oh, I'd love to have that one day. Like, I really thought that that was sweet, that she took part in what he liked, and that he was still by the pool. He's so a little scared. I can appreciate that, but it was just weird. The whole... I thought it was very sweet. The whole thing felt weird. Okay. Um, the These jerk kids abandon the janitor, like, instantly, as soon as any sign of danger appears. Just like... We can't leave Charlie with that thing! I don't know how to stop it. Maybe I do. We gotta get out of here. Uh, he they leave him dying, basically, on the bench. Uh, she does say that we have to go back for Charlie. And, I, and, I, and I think, as a high schooler, not to argue for Melissa, because I thought about this, you know, what is he, he says, like, what are we going to do? Like, I don't know how to beat this thing. I think that they should have tried to, like, move him. I mean, well, at least, like, see that he was he way too heavy or something oh, for them. Oh, Charlie. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but I mean, they're not, they still stuck around. It's not like they ran out of the school. They still stayed by the pool and tried to figure right. out what they, they got to do. They totally abandoned him, but they pretty much did. He should have been dead, really. If this was a real horror movie. But his they, but he drowns people. How is he going to drown that guy? Th that's all he does, you think? I don't know. He's incapable. Of <laughs> we then don't why know. are they running from him? Well, he's scary looking. Very scary looking. And we'll get to that when we get to the scary okay. topic. Well, he smells. Yeah, okay. and he smells all Well, um, I also have a problem with um, his backstory, of course, but also... Uh, of course. He's, <laughs> he's confined to this pool only while he's invisible for some reason. Like, suddenly he becomes visible and he can just leave the pool. No, I but think he could But before that, he couldn't? I think he could have left the whole time, but now you can see him. But why didn't he before? He can only travel through the pipes. But he, no, he can walk on land. We see that. Um, 
plot hole. Um, <laughs> the, uh, also, I just I just like the um, the punctuation of plot hole. <laughs> well. Also, the janitor is acting so upset about this whole situation, but he's been working at the school for decades and did nothing about this monster in the pool. Well, like, he, what is he, he doing? didn't know what to do. When they when he first went and showed her the pool and they walked out, there was the janitor. I think he's always kind of keeping an eye on things. Yes, but why didn't he just once and for all take care of it, figure How out a way? How would he know what to do? He's a janitor. I, he had decades. I mean, the kid figured it out in one day. But he is a science geek. He knows his stuff. Yes, How would but he, he could know have ex- chemical reactions? He he's could have just- tried. Put a little effort in. I'm he's sure just, he did. You don't know. He's just watching the the pool area. How would he look up like what kills acid ghosts? It was um, in the textbooks. What kills acid ghosts? <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. And I mean, come on. He what year was he this? Up. And he, he was sixty up. years old. Do you know how incapable people are now? Like older people are now to look up information. <laughs> I'm sure then that's all... It was not the age of the internet. Yes, but the kid was still using books. I mean... Yeah, but this is all this guy knew how to do. He was a very tortured man, suffering (laughs) from the guilt of it all, and this was the best he could do. His job was to save lives. So he's just trying to protect lives. it took him a long time, and he barely managed. No, he did save lives. He pulled them out of the pool. Luckily, he was there at that moment to save them, but... You can't say and luckily. I do think uh, the thing he maybe did to save lives is to shut down the pool. Like, he tried to hide it. Mm-hmm. Zeke just discovered it. Um, did he personally shut it down? Or was it the school? I think he was making sure, because remember, he, he was, was in there watching sweeping. It. He mm-hmm. was watching it. Yeah. But yeah. Still. And I'm sure and he like put he the lockers in imagine, front of the door. Imagine the toll that took on him to over, have to oversee that pool. To... <laughs> Keep an eye on that area. Of you know the what, Charlie? Lockers. So traumatized, he could have, you know, gotten out of Dodge. He could have just left that town for good, but he You're decided right. to better stay than there. The worst. He's better than the villain. I mean, I give him that. Um, well, let me get into my You're characters crazy. a little bit here. Um, the main character is Johnny Ang- Angeli. Oh, I guess like an angel. You know, that was a clue to his. Oh. Uh, identity but he's a repairman at the bowling he's alley no angel. and this uh i think his whole performance is like really wounded and vulnerable and weird like and he looks almost ghost-like i think he was like the perfect guy for this part and he did it great how like, does he look ghost-like his skin is just like really pale and, pale he's yeah. like italian his, you didn't think his skin was pale? No. He had like really dark hair against pale skin. He's, so I felt like it was just. I didn't find his skin to be pale. I found him to be a little pasty. Really? Okay. Eh. Um, I think he was just perfect for this role. Like, perfectly weird. Just weird enough to be like. To seem off the whole time, but you to never really realize why. Um, his sister, Erica Angeli, um, she also did like a similarly great job at like constantly wearing this like concern um but you again like never know what exactly is bothering her but it's like always there throughout the whole episode and um it's just really affecting i think um and she's johnny's only connection to the living world and i think that that really becomes apparent, like, once you know what happens. And if you, like, rewatch it, it's just, like, 
she just does a really good job at balancing those worlds. Um, and some of the other characters include uh, Johnny's deceased girlfriend, Donna Maitland. Um, I think she had a similar kind of thing going on as he did with this like ethereal quality. And I noticed um, like her appearance, uh, what she's wearing and her like hair especially is like very big. Um, in a noticeable way that like every time she appears it's exactly the same so it's kind of clue to I don't know, her identity um, and uh, and she's like manages to be kind of creepy while also not looking scary so I think that's pretty cool um, and I just want to mention um, their mother like I just loved her walking around in the background of this episode like a weird like shadow almost um, in the background, just, like, depressed all. Um, mm -hmm. And I liked the bowling alley, alley manager. Um, I thought he was just, like, that perfect jerk boss. And the night shift ghosts, like, just these, like, really animated but creepy characters. Well, I didn't, I didn't go into supporting characters and everybody else. Should well, I, I just had to mention them. They're so good. Oh. What am I supposed to do? Who is your... Well, you talked about Charlie. Yeah. There was one more. Well, he went there. into the Greta. brother, sister, yeah. and then Donna. Greta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't talk. I about mean, if there's someone you really want to, yeah. if there's someone you really want to, I think the ghost did an amazing job. I think he was awesome. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's good. Um. Also, Greta <laughs> was was a oh boy. <laughs> Uh, but what what maybe what did you see as flaws in the characters? I did, I don't know what you mean by creepy. She how was Donna creepy? Uh, just her presence, I guess. Like I didn't find the it way creepy. that she did the character. It was like slow moving and kind of like hmm. she kept almost not attacking him, but like approaching him in a weird, like just off putting okay. way. Well, and another question I had was why the sister she had homework to do. Was he going to school? Wouldn't he have realized what was going on when he went to school and he was completely ignored by everyone? He just Maybe wasn't... it was just another thing that he was blocking out. So now he's blocking out just day-to-day -day what he does? Just going to school? Well, I mean, he might not be living on, like, in the real world the whole time. Like, we're just seeing little clips of him. That These might be, like... You can make that excuse for everything. <laughs> It didn't seem like they were in school. Anybody. She, mm. at the beginning, she said, "Can we got to go home. I have a ton of homework to do. Oh. Well, mm -hmm. but again, like, even that is maybe was purposeful as, like, her trying to give him a hint about what's going on. Like, he should be thinking about him not going to school, but he's trying to block I don't think out. she was trying to tell him what was going on. I think the whole time she's trying to, like, hint to him what's happening, but he just doesn't want to hear it. No, I don't know. Say what you want. He I, chose that girl over his sister. His sister could have easily just told well, he every. Just stay in the living world forever. He could. Casper did. He could, but it would be well, probably not, not good. Forever, he needs to move on. I don't know. I just don't see why he'd have to. I mean, well, because this would be like purgatory for him. Yeah. Not really. He could barely live here. I don't know. What What do you need? <laughs> Just his job at the bowling alley? <laughs> no, he could do whatever he wants. I don't know. I think it was good he for could, him to move on. He can do whatever <laughs> he wants. He, you know, the sister could have told the mom, like, listen, the, the mom is so depressed and sad. The sister could have said, 
you won't believe me. Listen, but he's here. Oh. They could have done little tricks to prove it to her. I think. And he could have been her own Casper. That probably would have led down to her mom just like committing the sister and their whole life. You can't predict out of that. You can't predict that. I think choosing a sixteen-year-old girl over your your sister is just it's a little hard to uh, hard to like the guy. Okay. Um, can I ask a question? Uh, who do you think, uh, why do you, th- well, I, I know who you think, uh, why do you believe your couple, uh, mm-hmm. Zeke and uh, Clarice? Yes. And Johnny and Donna? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you believe they're the better couple? Well, I think that my couple <laughs> has a connection that transcends death. They have this thing that's keeping, that's holding them together. Okay. All right. Well, my couple, uh, they're living in the real world where we have real problems. And, you know, they, we have social uh, classes and (laughs) fears and fears and they, they face them together. You know, they just face it together and they don't care what other people think. So... I don't know. Yours is a no, little. It's good. just that's... a little. It's a little boring to me. Oh. Like we've never seen, like, uh, something like that. Where... I think that it's always. Uh... Well, at the time we definitely hadn't seen anything like this, but I know you're saying specifically their uh, powerful love for each other. Uh, what's that movie with Patrick Swayze that everybody like? Ghost. Ghost. I've seen Ghost. Okay. We've seen it before. <laughs> but it wasn't a... There was no twist in Ghost. Like, we knew he was dead. We, we knew he was dead. But we're a ghost. not talking about the twist. <laughs> we're talking about the the basic story of how you think that love is so incredible. And we've never seen anything like that before. Oh, well, it's this... such a powerful story that it obviously comes back over and over. It's the story, kind of. Yeah. You don't think opposites attracting and pe- two people coming from different worlds? I didn't say that. That's another love story. I'm oh. just saying we're, we're that my love why... might be more powerful than the one in yours. I don't know. Well, I don't know how different their worlds are. <laughs> <laughs> They're like both middle-class white kids. Just one wears glasses. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't see it that way. And Andrews are both dead, so who cares? What, what does it matter anymore? They're dead. All right. Even. I think I have what I need here. Um... <laughs> We'll continue next time, people. I'd like to move on to scariness. Oh. <clears throat> Andrew, yeah. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Um, I think this episode's got a great uh, scary undertone to it. Um, it's creepy. Like, the whole thing is creepy without being ever heavy-handed about it. You never goes overboard to try to creep you out. Like you mean scary um, without no, being scary? No, I mean it holds on to that scariness through the whole thing. <laughs> you said creepy. It never goes over the line into like goofiness, you know. Um, I Just one thing that I love about this episode that I think makes it scary is the, um, the scene where Johnny is like in the living room at night, uh, in the dark living room watching the TV. Um, I just think it's a really relatable setting, being there in that dark living room at night, and the way that they 
do the uh, TV effect, like as she's yeah. appearing to him, is just a really cool, like simple but super creepy effect. I don't know, it was really cool to me. Um, the uh, also like in, in a similar way, the like moments of reality creeping in on him at the bowling alley. It's like a, another like really simple like. They didn't do much. It's just uh, using the sound and like him acting that make you kind of just like it's you really get like him kind of going crazy. Um, this episode also had like uh, a lot of quiet, empty rooms, and even in the bowling alley, it was like these muted sounds, except for the main characters, just like created this weird atmosphere. Um, this, there's like this uneasiness throughout the whole episode, and I think the scariness was kind of like a slow burn build up to like the final moment of finding out what happened. Um, and I think there's this one more layer of this, uh, that's shown in like the mom walking around. It's like the reality of what's going on to the people, the other people in the story, um, and just like, that's the kind of, like, real part of the story, is dealing with, uh, you know, what happens when somebody dies. And I just don't, I feel like he's really, really, you know, grasping for straws here. <laughs> I okay. think, right. sure, it's creepy, that's it. it okay, there, nothing else, it's just not scary. Nothing about it scares me. I think it's a more realistic type of scary, which to me, like, bothers me more when I'm watching something like this. Like, Ghosts it's like, coming back? It's the way that they present it. It's like these problems that are just, that just make you feel uneasy the whole time. Mm, I just, I don't agree. It's <laughs> creepy, and when I watched it when I was younger, and even now, it's like, oh, this is creepy, we'll see how this ends. Oh, all right, there it is. That's well. Now that makes sense. Okay, that's that's really what I felt going, you know, watching it uh, a okay. second time. Okay. I really don't have much else to say. Just, are you kidding yourself? <laughs> Ponder wow. that. Ponder that I... for a moment, Andrew. <laughs> um, Melissa, what what did you see as a strength for scariness for Dead Man's Float? Okay. I think there's basic criteria for what makes something scary, and this episode checks off at least four of them. We see an, a death. How often in an Are You Afraid of the Dark movie do you see somebody die? This boy Wait, in the minutes. beginning, the little boy drowning at the very beginning, screaming out for his sister. We do. He's, he's going underwater, and he's screaming, and he can't... He, He's struggling. Okay. He's drowning. We see a traumatic event. That's true. It Jay ends Marishall, in death. Right? Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> ends in death. The sister is standing the there itself, screaming. But... Her brother okay. is dying yeah. and drowning. I mean, I don't, I don't know how yeah, often yeah. we should look it up. How often uh, <laughs> you actually see something like that happen? And are you afraid of the dark? It's pretty dark, pretty okay. scary. 
And that plays on the water and the swimming fear. A lot of people have that kind of fear and it really plays on it very well. And also an invisible ghost. Nothing is creepier than there being a monster or a ghost or something coming after you and you can't see it. And then when we do see him, like I said, the scariest, one of the scariest villains in all of Are You Afraid of the Dark really ever for me terrifying looking he's red he has a skull for for a face he's draped in something i don't know what it is max said it's seaweed i don't think it is what do you think it is actually Hmm. maybe like ripped clothes i think that's what it's made of but i guess that would make sense if he was a like a corpse I mean, from the front, he does kind of look seaweedy. It looks like mangled. Yeah. But there's a shot from the back where it's clearly he's wearing a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Okay, I never picked up on it, so. Um, well. Wait, and then (laughs) the cemetery being built over a cemetery and dead bodies. When you hear that, your stomach stomach drops like, oh (laughs) my gosh, that is so scary and so creepy and weird and morbid there's a lot of things going on there for me emotionally stirring it up terrified okay um well i got some um criticisms of this episode um i for one it relies entirely on the monster for the scariness factor i mean there's no like real moments of um dread I guess, besides when the monster's on the screen. Like, I don't think that it does a great job at creating, like, a really scary atmosphere. Oh, I think it... it. I mean, he's kind of present the whole time. there's scary events, but it's not... But I don't feel like the episode has a scary feel to it. Oh, yeah, when he... When she's helping him out and he puts his hand in the water and she's like, just put your Uh, hand in the water and he does, you're like, is is he coming? And you can see him coming up at the water. Is he going to grab her? Is he going to... Get, he, they again, do that like, several times. I think times. it's scary moments, but it's just not just... I don't know exactly how to pin that down, but I just don't feel... Like, it feels a little more professional. Professionally, like, redu- uh, professionally produced, like, almost a little too much to where, like, they lost some of the, the like, close scary quality to it. Like, the personal scary quality i guess this particular type of scariness is a little like it's so surreal that it breaks me out of it a little bit like the monster you know he's so stylized and like a weird thing that it's like i know as i'm watching like it's harder to suspend disbelief than with uh dream girl i think Okay, if that's what you find scary. <laughs> I mean... It's just more realistic type of scare, I think. Your dream girl? Yeah. It just has a scarier, just, like, atmosphere, and it deals with, like, real a real yeah, I, thing I happening. see what you mean. Um, speaking of which... Uh, so I'd say the pool is the defining setting in your episode. Right. That's clear. And mm-hmm. setting, to me, is a big part of scariness um so what would you say in dream girl oh i think that multiple settings have a really creepy quality uh the 
I already mentioned the living room of the house at night. I love that. But um, also the di- the diner area of the alley at night is kind of like the main mm-hmm. um, freaky thing, I think. Um, and I love that whole ghost scene. Like, it's shining, reminiscent, kind of. Uh, I like that the ghosts, like, don't talk that much. And they just all add to this, like, one creepy set piece kind of. I don't know. <laughs> the the woman working the diner was Oh, I love her. I don't I mean she wasn't scary. <laughs> no, she's just really memorable. Yeah, but we're talking about just she's the not, atmosphere she's they maybe created. Not the, um She on her gun. I think like, like but her against that the characters so that aren't talking there is like oh, just a weird good contrast. Yeah. Just freaky. Uh, um this won't play any part in the okay. decision, but I really like the bartender. <laughs> I hated the way she chewed her gum. I just couldn't focus. Uh, there was on a anything. line delivery when he asked for or how he, he asked how she knew what he wanted, and she just goes, "All right, uh, we, we know, we know, we know." Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that we was know. a really good. <laughs> I love that. Part, right. but... This will not affect my decision. Mm. Um, that would be uh, crazy. <laughs> it all came down to the bartender. <laughs> to the bartender. Um, okay. Uh, do, you, do you both feel okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Finally. It's over. Uh, I'd like to move on then maybe to the Midnight Society segment. Let's... So in mine, we open with Gary talking about Frank's family moving away. Tonight's one of those meetings I always have mixed feelings about. It's sad because Frank's family moved and we've lost one of our members. But it's exciting because we have to find a new member. Who did you bring? Nobody. I brought him. Tucker's going to nominate somebody? Why not? He's a friend of mine. <laughs> you say that like it's a good thing. So who's the new meet? Hi, babe. Oh, no. No, no. Anyone but Stig. You know this guy? Yeah, he's a virus. Don't let him next to the fire, he might explode. A new person is gonna try out and be a part of the Midnight Society. So exciting. The anticipation, the excitement. He comes in with a bag over his head. We don't know who he is. I mean, come on. We're I mean, we're kids at the time we're watching it. We're like, who is this new kid that we get we have to listen to? Are we gonna like this guy or not? It's Stig. Turns out a lot of people have their own opinions about Stig. <laughs> Especially Kiki, but she doesn't like anybody, so I don't care about what Kiki thinks. But, yeah, Sam doesn't like him either. So he's just, like the story, he is somebody that maybe a lot of people don't like at first, or they have their own opinions about him. So um, he doesn't have the best first impression. And before he starts his story, he opens up about himself and alludes to, you know, people not changing for other people or conforming to what other people want. All right. I figure I gotta impress you guys. So I'm taking my best shot. A lot of people don't like the way I am. They always tell me I gotta clean up my act. But sometimes things are the way they are for a reason. And if you go making changes that shouldn't be made, you could end up with a whole mess of trouble. Um, so we kind of get a little insight into what Stig you know, kind of his feeling or, you know, what he's going through in his own life. Um, And after Stig's story, the group votes 
Um, it wasn't unanimous, which even I was kind of surprised by. I didn't really remember <laughs> that. Like, that's really kind of upsetting. Poor guy. But they allow him to come back for a few more meetings and tell another story. Tell me that wasn't the best. Okay. We gotta vote. Listen, um, you told a great story, but the vote has to be unanimous, and <laughs> it wasn't. But it's not fair. Yeah, well, thanks for the shot. Wait, we're giving you another chance. Come to a couple of meetings and tell another story. If by then if we change... If we don't think you're a total puke. Then you're in. Fair enough? I can handle that. Then handle a shower. But I think that I like that because it's un... You don't think that that's going to happen. I mean, it's a kid's show. Why wouldn't they just be like, okay, we're going to be seeing Stig now. He's part of the Midnight Society. So, I like that. They introduce a new character into the Midnight Society. Okay. Well, um, I would say Stig is just kind of a poor replacement for Frank. He's like a little bit toned down version of Frank. Not quite as interesting, just a little less tortured, I think, than Frank. Right, and I think that that's important for kids to see somebody that's totally different from all of them. There's no, like, grungy Well, I think kid. Frank is very different. He's, like, kind of also an outcast, but, like... No, Frank's just, like, a jockey. Like, <laughs> a jockey? Yeah. Well, that is, no, he doesn't ride horses. He's a jack-like uh -oh. kind of guy. Um, okay, well... Uh, I also think the Midnight Society really looks like jerks in this episode, rejecting Stig, and really ripping on him hard. It's like, suddenly you're like, oh man. Don't you like Kiki a lot? Midnight Society Kiki, that's all Kiki does, is rip people up. Kind of. But, like, she usually goes after people who can, like, defend themselves. Okay. Like. Well, she's the worst with Stig. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, I also have a problem with Gary at the end, not ever declaring that the meeting is over. They just oh, leave it, uh, no, they mm. just leave it open. We mm. might still be in that same Midnight Society meeting as we speak. <laughs> okay, at the end of yours, I know we haven't gotten into it yet, they don't even say goodbye to each other. He just declares it and they walk out. With each other? Why would they say goodbye? They're still walking Just like, together. sometimes there's <laughs> a little <laughs> more talking or like we get another little jab or a funny little, little quip. We get nothing. <laughs> Goodbye. Let's walk in the woods together now. <laughs> <laughs> so some people were already walking. Like, they already made their way out of the well, woods. Well, let me uh, recap We don't know mine. how deep those woods are. Uh, here. Um, <laughs> mine starts with Tucker and Kiki arm wrestling on one of the stumps. He's trying to beat her because she called him a runt. Hi, guys. Hey, hi. Ow! No fair. I was distracted. Yeah, right. I was. Let's go again. You and me. Come on. Forget it, Pee-wee. Hey, I can beat you anytime, any place. What's going on? Tucker's mad because uh, Kiki called him a runt. Sam enters as our storyteller, and she says she's telling a story about something incredibly horrifying. True love. True love. <laughs> Kidding. Come on. Who says love isn't scary? It can really hurt sometimes. But love is what people live for. And in my story, 
It's sort of what they die for. And the story comes back with, Erica was always going to miss Johnny, but it made her feel better to know that he was happy at last with the girl of his dreams. Hence the title. Um, Kiki says, or after the story, Tucker, who is skeptical of her, says, cool, you're a ghost and you don't even know it. And Kiki says, like, you're a runt and you don't even know it. And he chases her into the woods and Gary runs up close to Sam as the meeting ends. Um, I think it's just a great foil to this particular episode, um, acknowledging the scariness of love, but also having a lighter moment for maybe the younger audience that's watching this with Kiki and Tucker. And that's almost even like they're fighting together. It's almost even like a little precursor to, uh, possibly So now they're in love? Uh, it's just like a before love type of interaction. So Kiki is like, very mean. What if she's feeling that way about Stig in mine? Uh, she's not. It's clear. Oh. She really doesn't like Stig, obviously. She's kind of giving Tucker a hard time. Just like a light hard time. Oh. You know? Well, I guess you're the judge of Kiki's emotions and feelings. <laughs> and you know that that was my take on it. Okay. <laughs> Whatever helps your argument, you know. Make it up as you go. Just, uh, what a snooze for Sam Sam to say we're going to talk about love, and you're, you're in for one boring story. Oh, boy. <laughs> that couldn't be more wrong, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm half kidding. It's, it's not the best story, and it's not the best ending. I mean, the twist ending is great, but I don't know. <laughs> His sister was just so Wait, Midnight sad. Society. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, uh, that's all I have to say. It wasn't that good. Yeah. I don't know if I need... I don't need. I don't have any real follow-up questions here. These were yeah. two pretty straightforward Midnight Society segments, mm. so I feel pretty good here. Just, just, just leave me alone. Um, so let's move on to the last category and how this whole thing started... The Better Date Night episode. I'm really interested here. I will say I don't really have any follow-ups here, so just pack pack your best punches. Um, oh, man. I think this is the date night episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, I think that it's got a really like romantic kind of sentimental feel throughout the whole episode. And like there's some kind of... Everything is about the interactions between these characters and um, the things that are like bonding them together, even through death. Um, I, th- but it never like goes over the edge into like like mushiness or like overly sentimental. It, like it just uh, kind of straddles that line, I think, perfectly of like making it a romantic episode but uh, keeping it scary too. Um, and I think it's a more, like, the most adult story of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, I think it's just, like, the most... Uh, you think that this is the <clears throat> most adult story? Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think it just feels, like, a little bit ahead of most of the other stories, like, even just the basic writing of it. Um, and it's just got this great... Like, the main thing is that it has this great... I don't know how to describe it other than like warm feeling throughout it like you feel like you know these characters and 
the way that it was filmed, I don't know what they did exactly, but to me it just feels like in the house, in the, like all the settings like feel really familiar. Feel like you've been there before. Like the whole thing just kind of like is soaked with that uh, close feeling. I don't know, that, like romantic feeling. Well, I can say that I didn't, I, I don't end that episode thinking about love. I think about just how sad the sister is and how much she's crying and, you know, other people are crying. You're really left feeling uh, just like punched in the gut from how sad the sister is having to say goodbye to her brother. I mean, I don't walk away thinking like, oh, like butterflies and excited and oh, I can't wait to go home and kiss the boy I love or... I don't think of it as like that, that high love feeling, but that, but more of that gut gut punch feeling of like, it can be depressing and sad and like, just that other effect that it can have. Well, that's not what I want for date night. (laughs) Okay. What do you want? I want three things that this episode has. I want compromise. I want sac- I want sacrifice. And I want I want cuddling. And it's got all three of those. Wow. It sure it sure does, Andrew. So we've got two people that are different. Even our own judge could go ahead and say that they aren't very different. But, you know, in in school, in high school, there, people look at each other very differently. There is a social class, no matter what you look like or anything. It's it's really about um, how cool you are, or how uncool you are, or what your what your interests are. So we have two different people that come together and they compromise and they end up, you know, liking each other for who the other person is. And they're sacrificing their lives for the other person. I mean, what says love? Sacrifice. And it ends with that great cuddling scene in the floaty that you love so much. I just love that scene. I remember thinking, oh, that must be what love is like. What relationships are like. Just like this, like reading together and cuddling and reading and just being very comfortable in the quiet. Okay. Um, I feel like... Your episode is just a little more, like, straightforward, like, easy way of going about the subject. And Dreamgirl's more, like, more of a complicated thing, which I think more mirrors uh, the reality of it. Of a date date night? Of uh, love, in general. No, I mean, you're not dead in, in life in general. What do you mean? Like, love in general? You're, like, no, going into the, the episode, afterlife? No, I think the episode, like, mirrors... Like, the way the episode plays out, it's, like, a complicated series of events, and I think that it uh, plays off of... I just don't find that being relatable at all. There, one's a ghost and one's not. In mine, there are two alive people, so I don't see where your I, argument is. I'd like to refocus this. Um, okay. So, it's date night. You're, okay. with, you're with your beau or whatever, and uh, you're getting ready why your episode like why i don't just why your episode not is the people in your episode romantic Mm -hmm. but like why that episode for a good date night yeah i need the answer to this my (laughs) couple they they start off not maybe not 
they start off maybe not liking each other the best or it's a little uneven and it ends with them being together they're a couple in the end but why you are driving <laughs> me crazy <laughs> i in both episodes yeah. i very clearly can see that the people have a connection one takes a while to figure out the other the same thing they both take a while to figure out what the connection is but they both are like oh this is, this is my person got it but if i'm about to why why pick your episode why pick your episode to watch on a date night mine is scary you're cuddling up next to each other you're a little scared and that's very important to be scared during date night you know we've all talked about this as the scary movie cuddling up it's important okay. mine is that way and um i don't know they end up together in the end i guess i can't say that but they end up together in the end and they they uh they sacrifice their lives for each other and they're in love and they and cuddle think, and that's a good feeling for your date night that's a great feeling <laughs> i think that um yours is a little could possibly come across as a little hokey for this situation <sighs> and the monster is like more of like a gross out thing so that could be good but on the other hand if the person you're with isn't into that exact thing it's kind of rough um, but I think my episode is just, like, it creates that, uh, close, like, sentimental feeling. Like, it just creates that feeling that you want on a romantic night. I don't know. I mean, I don't think a lot of, I mean, you want something that you'll both like. I don't think a lot of guys would really be into this kind of episode. I think guys like action and scariness and running, you know, I, know, I think that's, that's exciting. And guys are a little more appeal, you know, that that appeals to them more. Okay. Well, I like this episode. Well, <laughs> Andrew's a guy. <laughs> Anything else you want to say here? Uh, maybe... Can you tell me what you think the most romantic moment in your episode is? The one moment you think is most romantic. Um, I think mine is pretty clearly the final moment of the episode when they, when Johnny uh, realizes that what's going on and he reunites with Donna for the final time and they. But walk even off. it's not even. You think that he's gonna remember and realize who Donna is and be in love, but you don't even see that. You just see, like, oh, okay, no, I should probably go. You know, but you think if it really was true love, he would remember her and be just, you'd see it. He'd be in love. He'd be so excited to see her. I think and that like, he... oh, my gosh, you're, you're my love that I guess I, I forgot or blocked out. I think That doesn't is. make sense. I think he's just also, like overcome with the reality of what's happened like it's all hitting him at mm. once so it's just like a yeah we'll continue next time people all right well i have a lot here <clears throat> and i tried to do this as systematically as possible so we'll start with story uh first off great job to both of you this was not an easy decision as you'll see here um <laughs> So I assign points per category based on the arguments that I liked. I'll, I'll just kind of go in order before I say. But um, So Melissa for Dead Man's Flow, I do like that the story had a full circle feel. Um, I did think that it expressed fears that were relatable. Swimming, ghosts, 
Uh, I do like the Jaws approach to the episode of um, there's a, there's something scary about it, but it's not totally in your face. You have to kind of guess at it. Um, and I agree with Melissa when she said that the rules in Dream Girl weren't always consistent. Uh, there were some some afterlife things going on that weren't always in line. Um, for Andrew, I agreed that uh, this episode did a great job of laying out clues without ever being too explicit, uh, without just kind of like, it, which is one of the big points, rewatchability. Um, Andrew's episode actually gains, uh, I think, gains momentum the more you watch it. Um, good pacing, um, felt new, even though it was kind of an old theme. And then what you said about Melissa's episode um, as a complaint that, um, I know, Melissa, you brought this up as a positive, but I, I did not enjoy the fact that it was built on a cemetery. It felt kind of haphaz- uh, haf- haphazard, is that the word? Um, just mm. kind of like something like to throw in that doesn't really feel substantial towards the story. Well, it's an explanation. <laughs> I just think it's, a, I think it's a poor one. <laughs> Um, and I do think there are some plot holes as I was watching it. I'm, you know, I wouldn't have given credit for this had it not been brought up, but it was brought up that the swim team swimming in the pool <laughs> while the ghost is there is just a giant plot hole. Um, uh, and so I thought, you know, Dream Girl was a little more fleshed out. So for story, Dream Girl wins seven to five. Okay. All right, characters. Um, Melissa, I, I, I disagreed uh, with you with the idea that it's a good thing that the story says that Zach is um, the lo- that losers can have it all. And <laughs> I think you wrote losers. And I, I said geeks. Uh, <laughs> and I wrote, you know, can they? Like, that, is that really a relatable experience? But I, I do agree with you that uh, Clarice was um, a badass. She was really cool. Um, I, you know, you kind of want to start the episode by hating her. And she kind of quickly, like, you're on her side pretty fast, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, I also agree with you uh, that Donna is not very creepy. Um, I think Donna's used effectively, but um, she's, I don't know, she's just there, I guess. Uh, Andrew, uh, I think one thing you brought up that Melissa didn't was the performance piece, which is, um, I think, the performance by your lead. Uh, Johnny compared to uh, Zeke is um, like you know you were, you were we're we're talking like De Niro versus Tommy Wiseau. Um, <laughs> I'll agree with you on that. But... Oh, which sure. what, what happened to that kid? Like I looked him up. Uh, he's been in some other stuff, but nothing like okay, you know, really notable. I will say Max has mentioned on more than one occasion how good looking he is. <laughs> it's quite charming. More uh, than I've mentioned. <laughs> Um, I did like the thought they put into the characters' appearances. Um, very recognizable. I mean, you hear, you think Dream Girl, and you definitely think like Donna in the coat. Um, his look, kind of that '50s greaser look. Um, I thought the use of mom was good, uh, but I, I, I agree in the cringy interactions uh, with the characters and Dead Man's float. Um, although I did not agree with you about abandoning Charlie. I think you know they're 15. <laughs> they're not going to help Charlie. Um, I did think the invisibility was a plot hole in Dead Man's Float. Um, doesn't make sense that he just can now be totally mobile. Um, so slight advantage in characters to Andrew. Uh, actually, not slight. Five to two. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Scariness. Whew. All right. 
So, Melissa, I loved uh, what you talked about as far as actually seeing a death in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, you know, whether we see it or not, it's pretty graphic for Are You Afraid of the Dark. It's mm-hmm. pretty. It's a pretty blatant death for, for that show. Uh, again, I agree with you on fear, that it really plays on fear of what you can't see, the unknown, and then on more basic stuff like the fear of water, which is a pretty real thing for people. Um, but not being able to see the terror is terrifying. Um, I also agree with your criticism of Andrews that it's never totally scary. Um and I would agree with you that you're you have a actual memorable villain. Um, that's pretty crucial. Uh, Andrew, I agreed that yours is more tonally creepy. Um, it has a great tone, but as Melissa said, never totally scary. Uh, I loved you brought it up, but I loved in um, Dream Dream Girl the use of quiet rooms. There's a lot of times where there's no score, yeah. and I really thought that was effective. Um, I agree that. Melissa's episode maybe over relies on the monster for the scares um, but overall I think if you were to ask an Are You Afraid of the Dark fan I think Melissa did a good job pointing out why Dead Man's Flow is scarier just on that base level than Dead, uh, Dream Girl so I'm going to give scariness to Dead Man's Flow that means it's 2 to 2 or 2 to 1 Sorry. okay Midnight Society Oh, all right. I'm just going to go fast through this one. All right. <laughs> Andrew, I think you can agree that your segment was a real dud. <laughs> uh, I, I actually wrote one of the worst. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it was pretty, you know. It, they, the runt joke is it, but it, like, you know, just in comparison to actually like an ep- the episode where Frank leaves and Stig enters is really uh, pretty important. And uh, I I like that you pointed out something I hadn't thought about, which is Stig kind of does symbolize part of what's going on in the story. Um, and I loved that it was not unanimous. Um, that actually, even watching it again last night, surprised me. I was like, whoa, it's not unanimous? Like, right? he has to come back and do this again? Mm-hmm. Um, so Midnight Society, I'm going to go say uh, Dead Man's Float has a much stronger um, segment, so that makes it two to two. <sighs> And this always happens. Uh, it came down to the last category, date night. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> so uh, I'll start. I'll start uh, with the two things I, I both thought you said that was good, um, and then the thing for me that decided it. Okay. So I enjoyed in how Melissa said uh, that there's sacrifice in this episode, which I think on a good date night episode you want to see. Um, you want to watch something where someone's sacrificing for someone else. I thought that's a compelling part of it. Andrew, I liked what you said, which is I do think that this Are You Afraid of the Dark has maybe the most adult feel of any Are You Afraid of the Dark. It has just um, something else going on about it compared to other Are You Afraid of the Darks. The cuddling. Um, I did. <laughs> I, I can't help it. Um, even though it's kind of cringy, that last shot of her like with her head on his chest and him reading, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it just looks like a couple in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, Andrew, I liked what you said about it being a sentimental episode. So um, rather than just kind of blatant waiting for the scare like Melissa's, it's it's more of a tonal episode. Um, it has like a real, um, it has a vibe about it that like if you were watching it with someone it would just make you uneasy rather than waiting for the scare. So the thing it came down to for me, so I I agreed with the idea that Dead Man's Float 
would not be everyone's thing. So the win goes to oh. Dream Girl. <laughs> Just barely. Um, I'm 0 for 2. <laughs> well, I'm like um, 2 for 12 or something. <laughs> Um, sorry, I know that was a lot, but I, I just wanted to be as thoughtful about this as possible. Um, it really did come down to that last category. And, uh, like, I actually wrote that it was a draw when I asked you guys who was the better couple. Both of you made fine points, but one's not clearly better to me than the other. Like, eternal love versus, um, love finding a way through differences are both pretty iconic of examples of love. So I think as far as the couples go, it was a draw, but I just think... For a date night, um, I think Dream Girl would be easier to put on and everybody feel okay. Um, I tried to be as fair as possible. I feel sure. pretty good about the... I mean... I, of course but, you do. No, but I feel like those are reasonable like takes on everything. Um, I think your uh, Midnight Society was obviously the better. As I was watching it, I was like, oh man, how am I going to yeah. spin this? Uh, so on IMDb, just to show how close this thing is, uh, both episodes have a 9.8... IMDb, which is not only incredibly high, but you know, people kind of see them in the same light. Um, so, what did you guys give ratings? Uh, what what ratings did you give these episodes? Um, all I actually gave them both the same rating. Oh wow! Um, I gave them both a five out of five. Wow! Perfect. Whoa! Okay. Um, I really love watching both of them over again, um, just for totally different reasons. I mean, I loved Dream Girl just like for that creepy feeling throughout the whole thing. I just felt it just something about it reminded me of like um, being in houses in the dark alone at night, you know, as a kid. Um, but uh, Dead Man Float, I also love. It's just that like crazy looking monster. And I love. I do love how the monster looks in this episode. It's just like there shocking for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. And also there, there's some other good stuff in that episode, like um, him being made of water and them mm-hmm. slicing through him. That looked like, very good. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's just, it's right up my alley, kind of of like. Um, monster movie like the way it plays out mm-hmm. I, li- I like a lot okay uh so five wow okay five for both what did you give them Melissa? well dead man's float i gave a five it's one of my wow. favorite are you afraid of the dark episodes ever this is one of my favorites cool maybe no i'd say ghastly grinner is my favorite and this is probably second favorite and then dream girl i rated a two. Oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> Wow. You know, I always go back to all not only how I feel about it now, but as a kid, I just didn't find it that fun to watch. I don't know. I, I didn't really I didn't really care. I and the acting was great. It was very good acting. Um it was you know, eh, it was heart wrenching at the end. It really, you know, pulls at your heartstrings. And it's a good Shyamalan. You mean, well, you mean Shyamalan took it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good twist. But man, too, that's got to be like close to the bottom, I would think. It's not one I ever... I. Is that worse than the 13th, the score you gave 13th floor? I don't know that I gave that one. But even this, even 13th floor has a little more action going on. There's like something going on. This, you're just... I don't know. Here's with this kid man, the whole time. Me you think 13th floor is better? If you... 
if you pause, if you paused your episode at any moment, I'd never know what the hell, like, where we are in the movie. I mean, in the show. It's just, what scene are we at? We're looking at him. He's like, what's, she's beautiful, I don't know what's going on. It's very, it's the same thing throughout the whole show. The whole episode. Wow. I don't okay. know. It's just not something I want to rewatch. <laughs> I know how it ends. I don't ever have to see it again. Jeez. Not very exciting. You wouldn't want to watch it again to see how people are reacting, knowing he's dead? No. Okay. <laughs> I no. found it beneficial. Wow. No. Unbelievable. Okay. Uh, what, do you want to name the episode? Yeah. I called mine The Tale of the Undying Love. The Tale of the Undying Love. Cool. Uh, I called it The Tale of Dreamy Donna. Mm. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I called mine The Tale of... Did you name mine? Yeah. Oh, Oh, did I? Well, my name for yours is The Tale of Missies Before Sissies. <laughs> what does that mean? What's the explanation? <laughs> like his missus before his sister. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> oh, I did want to bring up that. Yes. I, I don't. Uh, that argument doesn't hold water. What? That he should have stayed with his sister. He's dead. He's dead. Right. I can I can understand why people might think that. <laughs> like but, you said, he shouldn't move on, but he is dead. He must. He must move on. I can't. I, I know I said Casper a lot, but I was <laughs> always the biggest Casper fan. You know, now I did have a crush on the Teenage Mutant Turtle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but Casper was my number one crush growing up. And I just thought... You wish you were Christina Ricci in the movie? You have Ricci. no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Wow. You would think this episode so would just, hit home for you, but... No, he left. He left. I mean, he did. He did pass on at the end of that. Uh, the end of Casper. Yeah. You know, but it was. You know, yeah. he went with uh, Christina Ricci's mom, and they all had to say bye to the one they love. But uh, I don't know. It wasn't his sister. Wow. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting all hot and bothered. <laughs> um, what did you name uh, Dead Man's Foot? I named it Monster in the Pool. <laughs> it doesn't even get a tail <laughs> The tail of the monster in the pool. <laughs> Good one. Very creative. Uh, I called it the tale of the custodian's secret. Oh. Good one. That's good. Thanks. Mine is the tale of death in the deep end. Ooh, oh, I like good, it. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Death in the Deep End. Yeah. Oh, uh, very good. Um, well, I do. I do want to just <clears throat> express that I think you both brought your A games today. Um, I was trying. It was tough. <laughs> Thank you. I was. I got a little flustered. I, w- I was a little nervous, and uh, Andrew's a good opponent. You are too. That was good. Thank you. Runs in the blood. You brought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that debate is down. Uh, I'm sure people will strongly agree or disagree. <laughs> we, we'd love to hear from you either way. Uh, but what are we... Next, next episode is 99. Yeah. 99. Uh, what, what, epi- what are we doing for 99? Uh, we're talking the year 1994. Year in review 94. Mm. It's a big one. We've been kind of talking about that one. Yeah. 
the first like it's like everything explodes that year or something you know? yeah great movies great music mm-hmm. uh great TV well actually the TV was okay so. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get, okay. we'll get to it um, but yeah so that'll be fun we'll talk 94 and then of course our 100th episode coming up in a couple weeks is uh, listeners favorite Nickelodeon episodes and the, that poll is up and active so if you want to say um, what your favorite episode of you know several different Nickelodeon shows is uh, go ahead and vote you can look for that link both on Twitter and Instagram uh, which are good ways to get a hold of us we are on Twitter at BOC podcast uh, we're on Instagram at orange couch podcast you can email us at orange couch podcast at gmail.com you can hear us on popping and you can hear us on iTunes uh, and you can tell a friend that's the most helpful way to uh, help <laughs> uh, Melissa don't know if I'll so, be back. Is <laughs> <laughs> as much as you could handle? Uh, yeah. This was pretty tough. Well, it was so close. Mm. I can't but ju- was it? Yes, I think it, it was. was. I'm kind of like, if it makes you feel any better, I feel like kind of nauseous about it. Because <laughs> I was debating it that closely to the end. I feel better. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I will be back. <laughs> if, I, if I throw up, <laughs> she'll be back. <laughs> Well, we hope you'll all join us next time.